0: hello and welcome back to horror story podcast i'm your host trish I hope everyone's New Year's off to a great start, I know it's been a long time, I shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to, but I'm back for my little holiday break and ready to chat about more spooky stuff with you all. On this week's episode, it's my first dive into haunted places. I've got some haunted roads, a haunted house, it's a little historical, a little fact or fiction, and lots of fun, so let's jump right in. First up, we have two Long Island roads that, for residents, driving down each is both a rite of passage and a spooky challenge. Nestled in the town of Huntington, once home to the poet Walt Whitman, curving its way through the woods, we have Mount Misery Road. There is a lot of folklore surrounding this road, but before we get into the spirits and legends, you should know Mount Misery got its name centuries before the ghost stories arrived. Like before the American Revolution we're talking covered wagons here. The area Mount Misery covered consisted of nothing but unfarmable land and steep hills. Since no farming could be done, it basically just became a crossroads connecting other farming communities. The trek through the area was said to be so miserable and would often cause wagon wheels to break mid-trip, thus earning it its nickname, Mount Misery. But this road is not known for haunted wagon wheels rolling around like tumbleweeds, is it? No, it's known for ghosts. Sometime after the wagon wheel debacles around 1840, there was a psychiatric asylum built in the area. The care patients received there was said to be so poor that screams could be heard coming from the building. One night, a fire started by one of the female patients broke out, and the asylum burned to the ground. Fifteen years later, another psychiatric hospital was built on top of the old one. Screams and the smell of a burning fire were reported being experienced in the new hospital. It would burn down only five months later. It's said that the patient suspected to have started the fire can still be seen walking the road at night, dressed in a white hospital gown. She's sometimes referred to as the Lady in White, and will supposedly jump in front of their cars driving down the road. Now, that's a fair amount of spooky for a road that only spans one and a half miles, But it's not the only road in Long Island that'll give you the heebie-jeebies. Running parallel to Mount Misery Road is Sweet Hollow Road, and while the name is less sinister sounding than its sister, the lore surrounding it is just as creepy. Part of Sweet Hollow Road runs directly under the Northern State Parkway. Legend has it that in the 70s, a girl was stuck under the overpass of the parkway trying to fix a flat tire, when she was struck by another driver and killed. It's said that if you park your car there at night and leave it in neutral, the ghost of the girl will begin to push your car to safety and out from under the overpass. Some Long Islanders swear they see the Lady in White walking Mount Misery Road. Others swear a ghost nudged their car along Sweet Hollow Road. And some take it even further and claim it's a portal to the spirit world as well as a site of plentiful UFO activity as someone who used to live on Long Island, I can only speak to my experiences. My friends and I used to drive to both of these roads more times than I care to admit. They were absolutely creepy, and I could definitely admit that driving down these roads in the darkness through the woods is the perfect setting to allow your mind to play tricks on you. But I can't say I've seen any ghosts walking along the road. And no one pushed our cars under the overpass. Still... It made for a really fun outing with my friends on nights where you didn't have anything else to do. From my old stomping grounds on Long Island to my current stomping grounds, we're heading over to New Jersey to discuss none other than the infamous Spy House. The Spy House, otherwise known as the Seabrook Wilson House, is located in Port Monmouth, New Jersey, and has been referred to as the most haunted house in America. But is it? The house, built around 1720, sits inside the Bayshore Waterfront Park, with its picturesque beach as its backyard. The original owner and innkeeper was a man named Thomas Seabrook, who was said to be a patriot in the New Jersey militia during the period of the Revolutionary War. And speaking of Revolutionary War, that's kinda how the house got its nickname, the Spy House. Legend has it that during the Revolutionary War, Seabrook's house was an inn and tavern that the British soldiers frequented. It's said that Seabrook would get the soldiers so liquored up that they'd inevitably spill military secrets. He supposedly then took that information to colonial forces. Now, while that's quite a legend, it's unfortunately impossible to prove. The Spy House was a tavern at one point, but not until 1910. In the early 19th century, the spy house was owned by Reverend William V. Wilson and his wife, Martha. And this is where the house got the other half of its name. It remained an inn until 1970, and was added to the National Registry of Historic Places in 1974. Two years later, the home was turned into a museum in commemoration of the U.S. bicentennial. The Seabrook Wilson House, and its spy house nickname, gained more popularity as a historical site thanks to a former curator named Gertrude Needlinger. Gertrude used to give public tours of the house and make informational pamphlets telling its history. She was known as, quote, an actress with a colorful character and a very vivid imagination. During the tours, she liked to tell stories of ghosts and espionage, but she didn't just stop there. In a nineteen eighty eight interview for Coast Magazine, Gertrude claimed that the house was built on top of the grave of Native American chief Papa Mora. Now, while the chief did actually exist, he was recorded living further south towards the Atlantic Highlands and Navasink areas of Monmouth County, New Jersey. With all of her tales either being unable to be proven or disproved, it's safe to say that old Gertie made it all up. But we can't hate on Gertie completely, because despite everything, she did save the spy house and give this historical site a new life. Things took a turn for Gertrude in the late 1990s. Reports surfaced of strange activities at the spy house. She was apparently holding candlelit seances with psychics and visitors, and she would even let children from the neighborhood spend the night unsupervised, with candles, like just burning away. Jeez, Gertrude. When she was officially removed from her position as curator, she decided to sue for the artifacts and items inside the house. And she won! She passed away shortly after. From the 70s to the 90s, the Spy House and Gertrude's Tall Tales inspired a lot of visitors and residents to share their own spooky encounters. Most entailed seeing spirits in windows or sitting in rocking chairs. All of this buzz about the spy house inspired some paranormal investigators to write a little fiction of their own, with some stating that there was undeniable paranormal activity in the house, with some dubbing it the most haunted house in America. And while the house could possibly be haunted, it's just not haunted in the way some had hoped for. I paid my own visit to the spy house back in October. And to me, it definitely felt more historical than haunted. But I'm not a paranormal investigator. If you're in the area, check it out. The property's beautiful, the beach is really nice, it's definitely worth the visit. Well, alright. That wraps up this week's episode. Thanks so much for joining me. I'll see you next time and stay spooky, friends.